just before the class i was telling doug williams that i'm glad when i am with other people like minded people and i'm gladdest when i stand before you and always appreciate the opportunity to share the word of god that is one of the highlight of any person who is involved in ministry when he has opportunity to share the word of god uh this is not related to the lesson this morning but how many of you have heard of progressive christianity some of you progressive the word progressive has for us become uh, with a negative connotation the word progressive is not negative but it has been hijacked by the by the liberal media and uh, the culture progressive means give up your old fashioned ideas step up with the culture be wise and so on and so the progressive christianity basically says that we need to give up all the traditional old fashioned christian theology and ideas and we need to step up with the culture and be inclusive new heresy be inclusive you can we are not going to take much time but uh, you can look up uh, their own website and they have eight point and each of the point if you think of theologically repudiates the doctrinal or cl- traditional christianity all inclusive and everything we need to be discerning we need to be aware we we read the bible we study the bible we huddle to, like together like this uh, but we need to be aware of what's going on that sometimes is not in the news but it's going on around in the culture progressive christianity is one of the uh, heresies that is prevalent right now what we do here we study the word of god and we want to be immersed into that and psalm 23 i hope you are not getting tired of this psalm 23 i'm taking one line at a time and we have learned that for all our christian life growing up from childhood but the word of this is one of the examples where which shows that how deep profound the word of god is that we can never ever be able to fathom and when i think of knowing god i think sometimes that eternity would be too short to know god he is so profound and as we know him as we as we study the word and as we we grow into the relationship with god that fills our life with joy and a blessing that literally from out of this world and that's what i want to share with you uh, as we study this word uh, psalm 23 i have a little booklet that i i landed on- online it says by the still waters our our theme line today is he leads me beside still waters 
And when I printed that, when I searched that line on Google, this book came up. This book does not have anything to do with By the Still Waters. I was surprised. <laughs> but it has 29 devotions, and I was so blessed. Maybe you look it up by that. I was so blessed. I sent one to the Pastor Chuck Swindoll. You must be thinking, where did this come from? Is but his introduction has something to say. Uh, Ed McClellan, as, as Jim mentioned, we, he was part of our Thursday morning Bible study, and just our last Bible study, we uh, saw him, and I, when I got the message, I thought, what happened? He was in such a good health. But Vince Havner, in one of his... Uh, Devotions writes about uh, he about his experience bearing a small child, and he goes home and thinks about that, the life, the fragility of life, and he writes about this. He says, "We are born, we love, we marry, we bow in grief as tenderest cords snap, in the plain." Kindly old earth receives us again. A sophisticated modern world has grown too smart rightly to value these elemental things. Love has become debunked. Marriage has become a temporary convenience. Children have become nuisance. And the tender fundamentals of old-fashioned family life have been thrown overboard. Religion has been ignored and death is increasingly regarded the end of an ironic joke. Having sown the wind, we are now reaping whirlwind. We have developed a complicated and bewildering program of living and have lost, the, lost ourselves in a multitude of things when but a few things are needed. Remember Jesus' word to Martha? Only one thing is needed. To grow, to love, to work, to share the common lot of joy and sorrow, to know the elemental experiences of our ex existence glorified by faith in God through Jesus Christ, to accept life without uh, trying to explain it, to come to grips with his realities and not dodge them in a masquerade of make-believe things, and to come to die and hold, we sleep to wake. How profound a statement. We sleep to wake. We sleep to wake. And that is enough, he says. That's all. That's what this Psalm 23 is all about. We live life walking hand in hand with God, and one day we will sleep and wake up in His presence. That's where He ends the Psalm. All my life the Lord is with me, and His mercy and grace take me closer and closer to him, and one day I will be in the house of the Lord forever. Until then, 
our daily walk closer takes us closer and closer to him and we enjoy the life by now you know my what is my favorite rest time reading <laughs> readers digest i've been reading that since i was in college that's about 60 some years ago but uh, this april issue had a one they have nice sometimes nice heartwarming stories this april issue had a one a six year old girl had a birthday and her grandma gave her money like we do to our grandchildren instead of buying gifts and and grandma told her you can buy something you like it was sunday morning and they were all ready to go to church so she just put the money in the uh, dress pocket that sunday morning a missionary lady was sharing about her ministry in a remote uh, poor area uh, and when the time came for the offering the pastor said this morning's offering we would give to this mission missionary so when the plate came offering plate came she just pulled out the money from her pocket and put it in the offering plate so the dad said it honey grandma gave it to you for you to buy something you like she said i did i brought joy that's what the psalm 23 is all about you don't have to buy you don't have to buy god has given it begins with the f- commitment remember first four words we took the whole class for that the lord my if not if you don't count the article four words lord my shepherd is begins with that commitment this psalm is a believer psalm if you have not made that commitment none of this applies to you you can't enjoy any of these things but if you have made that commitment and i trust most of you i trust all of you have done that and from the bottom of your heart with all confidence with the joyfulness you can say the lord is my shepherd and the very first blessing remember we saw i lack nothing no that's not the right translation the right translation is i want nothing in the lord everything i need not only everything i need is satisfied but in the lord i am satisfied fully satisfied and he is enough if i have the lord what else i need he is enough i want nothing else but the lord that's the most basic commitment that a believer makes that since i have now come into the relationship with the lord he is my utmost priority nothing else nothing else in life matters more than him and then the second blessing we saw was he makes me lie down in green pastures 
And remember, all of our life, as we thought of this psalm, we are thinking about feeding in green pasture. No, that's not the point there. He makes me lie down in green pasture. That means I have been fully satisfied. I have been fully fed into the Lord. And so now I can sleep. I can rest assured. Remember we saw the story of the tiger cub? I don't want to go to bed. And the mom says, okay, then don't go to bed. And the tiger cub gets into all kinds of problems. The Lord does not do that. He would come to you, sing a lullaby, and give you a kiss, and, and put your, his head, uh, hand in your hair, and, and let you sleep. He makes, I don't want to sleep, but he makes me lie down in green pasture. And now we have a third. He leads me beside green, uh, quiet waters. David says, he leads me beside green, quiet waters. For the believer, the Lord, our shepherd, leads us beside And again, now let's think about the words. We have thought of this, known this psalm for all of our life. I got four or five books online when I saw, wanted to write a book. I'm writing in Gujarati. It would be a couple hundred page book on this psalm itself. None of the books tell me what I found just by observation. On the very first day in the seminary, Howard Hendricks, in the class of Bible study method, gave us an assignment. Write your observation on Acts 1.8. You know what Acts 1.8 is. When you receive power, you would be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and at almost part of, part of the world. And so I came out about a couple of uh, dozen, 20, 30 observations, but some people came out with 100 observations. Just by looking into the Word, thinking about it, you can come up with so many profound ideas. The word again is so deep that needs to take, we need to take time to study that. So just let's think about the three things about the words itself. He leads me beside quiet waters. Is presented as a lifelong journey. And that journey begins when we come into the relationship with the Lord and ends when we go to him. That doesn't end. We will have eternity with him. Again, eternity will be too short to know him, to enjoy him. But it begins when we come into the relationship. He, but we don't always want to walk with him. He leads me. Remember the last point? He makes me lie down. I don't want to sleep. I want to run around. I want to take care of myself. I, want, I have so many things to think about. I have so many things to worry about. But He makes me lie down. Here He leads me. God always takes initiative. 
in Hosea, he says that I have loved you and I have drawn you with the cords of love. He draws us towards himself. Even the initial believing does not come from our initiative. When the Spirit of God works in our heart, he draws nobody, no human being by himself, herself, decides to go to the, to the Lord. He draws, unless he draws, and that is why we, we know, uh, we believe in election and predestination, because other, unless God works, we cannot and do not come to him. And so he leads me. Jeremiah 2.13 uh, says, that my people have committed two sins. That's our human tendency. My people have committed two sins. He says, they have forsaken me. That's one sin. They have for, And he was talking to Israel, my people, my people. And, and so he, we can apply this even to believers. My people committed two sins. One is they have forsaken me. Who am I? God, the spring of living water. That's what David is talking about, the spring of living water. This other sin, <laughs> and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. They have dug the broken common cisterns that cannot hold water. And Jeremiah seventeen thirteen spells out the result. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. To those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. That's our situation many times, most times. Second, it's the, he leads me beside quiet waters. We have always thought going, taking to the quiet waters. The Hebrew proposition A-L can be translated to, but here it has been translated beside. So it's not a one-time taking the sheep to drink water, but it is walking beside the quiet and still waters. Again, it's a lifelong journey. We continue to walk with the Lord. Think about that. You, there is a stream of water flowing through, and you are walking hand in hand with the Lord and enjoying the fellowship with Him. Enjoying the fellowship with Him. So it is he leads, it's not two, but beside, continuous, daily, lifelong journey, walking hand in hand with the Lord. And the three, third thing, he leads, continuous present tense. The whole psalm is in continuous present tense, except last two lines. It's a present experience. It's a continuous experience. Lord never leaves us alone. 
Job in his uh, pain, in his pain, he cries out, leave me alone. Let me swallow. Give me a moment. Why are... But he was speaking that in a despair. Psalm 139, he says, where can I go? Where can I go? If I go into highest of heaven or the deepest of earth, furthest to the east or the farthest to the west, you will not leave me alone. He leads. He never ever. Lifelong journey and that journey sometimes goes through the valley of shadow of death that we would talk about. But he is with me. Sometimes in a deep despair we feel that Lord has left us alone. We may leave him alone, but he never does. I just thought of Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. He was in despair and somebody said that, Mr. President, don't you know that the Lord is with us? And he said, yes, I know that he is with us. But what I'm concerned is whether we are with him. And that's what the situation is. He leads. He leads. And he continues to lead. Never ever, never ever, we are alone. He leads us beside quiet water. Water is important. Water is important. And we need physical water. We need physical water. Body is, I just looked this up in, the, in, in Google, it says, body is made up of 60% of water, and heart and brain, 73% uh, of water, lungs, 83% of water, and, and, and blood is 90% of water. And so the life is in water. According to Leviticus, life is in blood, but blood is made up of 90% of water. 75% of earth is covered with water. When we go to India, we take a flight from Dallas to Middle East, uh, Dubai or somewhere. It's a 14-hour long flight, and I can't sleep on the plane, so I keep watching the, the monitor in front of your seat, and I see the plane. It, it shows the mo movement of the plane. All you see is dark, and all you see is ocean. Thousands of, thousands of miles of ocean. God has designed the earth with water. And water is mentioned 722 times in the Bible. And Bible, by the way, Bible begins with water. Very second verse is that the, the, the it said, Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. That's Genesis 1 verse 2. Uh, 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 in first ten verses of first chapter of uh, of Genesis, uh, uh, water is mentioned seven times, and there was a river with the four branches covering the whole Garden of Eden. Uh, and Bible ends with water. I would like you to open uh, Revelation twenty-two verse seventeen. W Revelation twenty-two one begins with water, and verse seventeen. 
18, 19, 20, those three verses are the uh, epilogue of, 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 the, of the whole Bible or, or the, at least of the book of Revelation. So verse 17 is the last verse of the theme or the main body, uh, body of the book of Revelation. And it says that, Behold, uh, it says, uh, it gives you the invitation to come to the water. And verse 21 begins that there is a river of water of life coming from the throne of God. And so Bible begins with water, Bible ends with water, Bible throughout the Bible talks about the water. And water is used more often than, than faith and love and, and other words. Very, very, very important. But Bible mentions water in a symbolic way more than in a literal way. And you may not have thought of that, but water divides humanity in two groups. Water divides humanity in two groups, believers and unbelievers. Believers, uh, unbelievers are described as stormy waters. Stormy waters. Storm versus still waters. Isaiah 57, verse, last verse. By the way, Isaiah has two of 66 books, you know, and divides into two major groups, right? 39 and 27. But you probably don't know that the 27 chapters are divided into three groups, nine chapters each. And each of the ninth chapter group, that is 48, 57, and 66, end with stormy water. 57, the second nine group end, is that the wicked are like sea. It's never quiet. It's always stormy and, and muddy. And it says, there is no peace for the wicked, says my Lord. So the wicked are like stormy water. The word wicked in the Bible does not mean wicked, sinful people. We all are wicked, sinful people. But it means those who have rejected the Lord, those who have not come into the relationship, they have no peace. They have no peace. And they are trying to find peace, and they will never find peace. Ecclesiastes 2.25 says that, Who can have joy without him? Answer is clear. No one. No one. So the wicked are like stormy waters. And in the book of Revelation, where does the Antichrist come from? If you read chapter 13, 1 to 10, verses 1 to 10 describes the coming of Antichrist. And, 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 and he comes out of the ocean. And the ocean is the, uh, the symbol of the people who have lived under the sun from Ecclesiastes' uh, perspective. The ocean is the, the whole humanity who has not come into the relationship with the Lord. Remember the gate is narrow, 
And so people like us would be always in minority. The great gate is narrow not to prevent people to come, but gate is narrow because small number of people come. In front of my house, there is a small street, and you will not see 18-wheeler go through that because it's a very small number of people come. But two miles from my house, there is a six-lane highway because lots of people go there. And so the highway is built or the streets are built depending on the number of people go through. Gate is narrow. And so the whole humanity, the vast humanity is like ocean with the stormy water. And also these stormy waters are symbol of problems that we face in life, both believers and unbelievers. Job's uh, problem, he says, uh, snares surround you, his friends tell him, and abundance of water cover you. And Korah's son says, all your breakers and your waters have rolled over me. And David says, save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. Uh, may the flood of water not overflow me. And so the water is a symbol of unbelieving humanity. Stormy water is. The water is a symbol of problems in life. But here is a still waters, quiet waters. He leads me besides quiet waters. Okay, what are the blessings of walking besides quiet waters, hand in hand with the Lord? Beautiful picture, beautiful picture of walking hand in hand with the Lord. First of all, four things. One, it's a restful water. If you have NASB, in your margin you would see literal meaning of quiet waters. The literal meaning of quiet waters is restful waters. By the way, waters, the word waters in the Old Testament never used in singular. It's mayim, means waters, always plural. So even when it's translated into singular, it's always plural. That shows that waters are plenty. Waters are plenty. As we saw earlier, 75% of earth is covered with, with, with waters. So these are the waters of rest, where you, where you can find rest. Remember the book of Hebrews? He said the Israels were walking towards promised land, and most of them, except two, did not enter the rest. Why? Because of their unbelief. And the same thing can happen, and that rest still remains, he says. We, when we come to accept the Lord, we enter that rest. But that experience of that rest does not automatically happen. We grow into that rest. We continually grow into that rest as we walk by the quiet waters, hand in hand. All these blessings are conditional in a sense. All the blessings that we enjoy are conditional. Spurgeon said that when we believe in the Lord, we are guaranteed of heaven. But as we walk in the Lord, we experience heaven. 
more and more. So the rest he is talking about, the restful waters, walking besides the quiet waters, it does not happen automatically. It continues, we continue to grow into that water suppressed. Sleep in green pastures, the previous line, when when we are fa- we are fed in the Lord, we are satisfied in the Lord. We can have restful sleep. Remember, the same way as we walk with the Lord, we have the rest and and, and peace and joy. Okay, Isaiah says that they will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. And again, another verse, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And, and, and I found this one beautiful verse in Deuteronomy. Moses in his last message takes each tribe and blesses them. About the Benjamin he says, let the beloved, this is Deuteronomy 33, 12. You can mark it down. Beautiful imagery, how the Lord treats us, how the Lord takes us uh, uh, through the quiet waters. He said, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he, the Lord, shields him all day long, and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Think of that. What picture do you get when you when you hear those words? Rests between his shoulders. Have you seen a, a, a father carrying a child uh, in the front or or, or or carrying the child like that between the shoulders? And that's the picture. We have a four-year-old grandson, and when I pick him up and carrying him and, and hug him between my shoulders, that's the picture. The beloved of the Lord is being carried between his shoulders. That's the rest that David is describing here as we walk. So that's the restful water. The second thing is the abundant overflowing life. And we will talk more about this when we come to the uh, My Cup Overflows. One line every time, okay? So hope you don't get tired of that. I can't wait till we come to that My Cup Overflows. What a beautiful imagery that we will be talking about. But Jesus answered, he said that everyone who drinks this water, he told the Samaritan woman, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. It's such something is bubbling inside you. Something, the joy is overflowing. The peace sur- uh, overrides every situation in our life. 
and Isaiah says the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Christian life is not dry. Christian life is not uh, running around to seek and find. We have found it, that, that overflowing life that is with the Lord as we walk in relationship with Him. And, and, and coming from the same thing, the third thing is life full of joy and peace. Life full of joy and peace. It doesn't mean that we don't have. We are not teaching about prosperity gospel, uh, health, wealth uh, situation. But, but no matter what situation, I know that my Redeemer lives, Job said. In a desperate, desperate, desperate situation, the, the Satan thought that he will say goodbye to you. Because he expects health, wealth, and prosperity from you. But now, the Lord is my shepherd. That's enough. And no matter what happens to me, the joy, the peace that, that pervades our whole life as we walk in hand in hand with him. I, I like this uh, Isaiah fifty-five twelve. You you would go out with joy and led forth in peace, so much so that the mountains and hills burst out in song before you, and the trees of the field clap their hands. What a beautiful description of joyful life in the Lord. And the psalm, uh, and Isaiah thirty-five ten, it said, the, "From there we have that song." It said, "Redeemed of the Lord shall come to Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head." When I sing that, when I, by the way, I I, I don't sing, uh, but one of my pastime is, you can do this. One of my pastime is, I I when I think of one some hymn, I just open up on, on YouTube and, and listen it. Beautiful, beautiful hymns there are. We have so much uh, available right now. Uh, I, I just type it on YouTube, and so so many several people sing of that. So I listen to all those two or three, four, four people, and spend ten, fifteen minutes. That's one of my pastime. So the redeemed of the Lord, like like you want to stand up and dance with joy. The redeemed of the Lord shall come to Zion, everlasting joy. That's our joy. That's our peace. As we walk hand in hand with the Lord, our life is filled with joy and peace. So our life is restful. We are walking with restful waters. We are life is filled with overflowing, abundant life. Our life is filled with joy. And finally, it's a fruitful life. Fruitful life. Remember Psalm 1, 1 to 3? The one that lives life pleasing to the... He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which leaves never wither and, and, and brings fruit in season. And, and, and think about that. In whatever he does, he prospers. You want success? You have a business and you, you want your business thrive? 
then follow the principles that are given in the word of God and you will never fail. In whatever he does, he prospers. Walking by the streams of water is a fruitful life. Of course, the fruit does not mean the worldly success, but the fruit means pleasing to, pleasing to the Lord, glorifying the Lord, serving the Lord, being joyful and blessing to people around us. Those are the fruits that God allows us to produce as we walk beside the springs of water. All these blessings are ours as we make the Lord our quiet waters. Remember the, the, the green pastures? What are the green pastures? The Lord himself. I do not want because I have the Lord. He is enough. The same thing, what are the waters? The Lord himself. He is our quiet water. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want nothing else I need. Need. He is my green pasture. In him I am fully satisfied. Now here he is my quiet waters. He is my quiet waters. In him uh, I have restful life. In him I have abundant life. In him I have fruitful life. In him I have joy and peaceful life. Remember the Bible begins and ends with water. And so our journey is from the Garden of Eden all the way to the Paradise. And all the way he leads me besides quiet waters. Waters in the Garden of Eden became stormy waters. Remember? Waters in the Garden of Eden became stormy waters. That resulted into what? The flood. The flood. Now, quiet waters are waters of salvation and lead to paradise. Journey begins with salvation and ends in paradise. Last line of the psalm says, I will be. The whole psalm is actually presented as a journey. He's walking, walking, hand in hand. And the next line we will say that he makes me walk in the paths of righteousness. And then we will say that I go through as I walk, value of shadow of death. But as that uh, value of shadow of death, I walk, I wa wake up on the other side there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I will be walking, walking, walking into the house of the Lord and I will live there forever. So the, the journey begins with, with the Lord and ends into the paradise. Throughout the journey, with joy, with, with joy we will draw water from the wells of salvation, daily walking with the shepherd, getting closer and closer to, to our eternal home. And Christ is our quiet waters. Christ is our green pastures. Christ is our green waters. Remember Adam and Eve walked with the Lord in the garden? Have you ever thought of that? Genesis 3.18 It says, In the cool of the day, the Lord came 
and he expected them to walk with him. We don't understand how. But Adam and Eve walked with God. They were taking walk with God. Every day God would come and call, Hey Adam, come, let's go for a walk. And something happened. The fall broke that relationship. What happened? Where are you, Adam? He was hiding. Why? He was ashamed. Why was he ashamed? Because of the fall. Let me ask you, if you fall down, if you strip and fall down, what's the first thing you do? Look around. If anybody has seen you. Why? Falling is always shameful. Falling is always shameful. I was ashamed because I was naked. The fall brought that shame and fall brought that shame and separation. Read Isaiah 59. Read, think about that, read that. It has a beautiful imagery of the sinful condition of human being. They are making their clothes with spider webs and so on. Shame. Last Sunday, Pastor taught about that. Shame in the marriage and so on. Brought shame. That situation... God changed in Christ. That situation, God changed. We have the access to the Lord and we are not ashamed to go to the Lord in prayer. We are not ashamed when He calls, Emmanuel, come, let's go for a walk. Like Enoch he walked with the Lord 365 days and God must be coming every evening and calling Enoch and Enoch would be ready and waiting for the Lord to walk with him. And that's what our situation is. We are walking daily hand in hand and he leads me beside quiet waters. Again by the still waters. In one of the, as I said, the title is by the still waters, but he doesn't talk about still waters at all, except in his introduction. So there are 29 devotions, and introduction would make 30. In, in introduction, he says that not, not always can we pause beside the cool, quiet waters of nature. He's talking about reality that we face daily in our life. Not always we can we pause beside the cool, quiet waters of nature, but we can always find refreshment in the still waters as we walk beside our shepherd. Isn't that true? Our Lord's life was full of storm and tempests, even though he did not commit any sin. Remember the storm and tempest is for the unbelievers? Yet in the darkest days of all, he bequeathed to us his legacy of peace. 
his rest is when he says darkest day uh, of uh, all that means he when he gave the promise of peace to his disciples that was in the upper room discourse if you read chapter 13 to 17 of book of john that's the upper room discourse and 181 is the arrest of jesus that means that's the last night agonizing night that he spent with his disciples and that's when he says that in the darkest days of all he bequeaths to us his legacy of peace and heaven writes his rest is not imaginary escape from reality his peace is that blessed consciousness that in the midst of trouble our real life is beyond the reach of circumstances hid with christ in god this blessed experience is possible for the humblest of believer here and now and blessed prospect still ahead for us when we, when this mortal shall have put on immortality for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them to not now it's beside but at the end it will be to the quiet waters to the throne uh, center of the throne will be their shepherd he will lead them to uh, to the springs of living water and god will wipe away every tears from their eyes that's what revelation describes he says never again will they hunger never again will they thirst the sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat for the lamb lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them to springs of living waters that would be for eternity but that begins when we come into the relationship with the lord and enjoy as we grow continue to grow with our daily walk in him the lord is my shepherd he leads me beside quiet waters father thank you thank you for the grace that brought us into your relationship and the grace that continues to draw us continues to pull us from the daily grind of life and the worries of this world into the blessed joy and blessed peace and the blessed assurance and the blessed hope of eternity that we can enjoy as we walk in hand in hand with you at the streams of quiet waters as you lead us let us not ever ever forget that let us not ever ever leave you alone let us continue to walk into that relationship let us continue to grow into that relationship let us continue to enjoy those blessings that you have in store for us thank you father for your grace that made it possible through jesus christ our lord In his name we pray. Amen.
Like last Sunday, I want you to wait for just a few minutes. Listen this song. Just quietly enjoy walking by the streams of water for a few minutes. And then Harry would come and dismiss us with uh, blessings. going to be over here still um, handling the transactions on Wayne's books if anybody's interested in picking up a, a copy of that. Until then, until we see you next, Lisa has something to say.